Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain. Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? Player. It's just like a story chance of ideas. Toe Jam. Either version. I love both versions. And other special guests. Hi, this is Larry Grant, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. This is Mr. Hayes, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast, baby. What's happening, Australia? This is Tony M. from the New Power Generation. You're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is St. Paul Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hi, this is Eden Nelson. You're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. We are back for part two of our Pandemonium album review. We just had so many things to say on this episode that we had to make it a two-parter. So today, the Peach and Black panel are all gathered here today to get straight into it. Let's pick up where we left off. The next song on the Pandemonium album that we're going to talk about is track number eight, and it is Chocolate. Chocolate! It's so good. Mr. Player. Oh. This song is straight fire. This is a total workout. The driving beat, the epic bass line, the chicken grease guitar, the swelling synth horns. This track has it all. Again, Minneapolis Sound, you want to know what it is? This is it mm-hmm. right here. You know, there's something going on in the left and right fields with the instrumentation. If you put headphones on, there's just like there's just something crazy going in, in each speaker. It's, it's insane. There's some James Brown yelps spiced oh, yeah. throughout this. It's just straight James Brown, this song. Uh, 18 Jumbo Shrimp, he, he really loved that reference. <laughs> he used that in the Nude Tour. There's the cowbell during the guitar solo. This, this album has a lot of cowbell, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, not just this track, but this whole album. Sorry, where's the um, where's in the new tour? Where does he reference it in the new tour? I don't remember that. 18 he Jumbo Shrimp. It, he does it during, like, Electric Man or something. Yeah, okay. I, he... Like, it's like a spoken thing. He, t- he doesn't sing it, okay. he speaks about it. Yeah. But he does reference it. I can't remember whereabouts, though. So. Um, yeah, he loves that reference. Wendy and Lisa are on this track from the original tapes. Apparently, yep. Wendy does the guitar solo, which is interesting. They, Jesse didn't swap it. Jesse left Wendy's contribution in there, which is interesting. The waiter scene, again, another mm. throwback to Chili Sauce on Ice Cream Castle. Same goofy voice from Prince as the waiter. Hilarious skit inclusion in the middle of the track. And during the waiter skit, like, pay attention to the guitar in the background. There's some really nice noodling. And then at the end, you've got the whole synth horn and clap outro. That's really funky. And the remix album is great. And there's remixes on there by Keith Casey Cohen. Oh, yes. Which is Captain's favorite. So um, this song is like melted chocolate. It's just like, oh, it's so good. (laughs) It's really good. It's really tasty. Love this. This is like one of my favorites of all time so take it off all right i'll take it off you because i agree this is you know i was gonna say jerk out is maybe the standout single or animal but it is a single a standout song but this is possibly the actual jam of the album this is like how do you not dance to this the video is so disappointing i can't believe Uh, 
They blew all, they yeah. blew their budget on jerk out. And yeah. had nothing left for yeah, chocolate. It's like Birdie Beetle of, of bloody videos. It's <laughs> what it is. It's not Lint, it's like Birdie Beetle. Yeah, I mean I wish this song got more hype and more of a you know, even though it is in in some sense one long groove, one long jam, it's just so strong of a jam that you can't stop listening to it. I, I never want to turn this off. The, the constant like synth, that the one note synth that they're doing, it's just how funky mm. is that? With a little bit of modul- modulation, but it's just one note. It's like, what the hell? Who, who again, who does that? The syncopated snare and cymbal pattern. I really want to bring attention to this because it's so simple, but it's so low down funky. And when you combine how syncopated the rhythm is on here with possibly, and I'll, I might as well go ahead and say it, the best bass line on this album. And I'll go one step further. Outside of 779311, I would say this is the next best bass line on any time song ever. For me, I just think it never lets up. It just keeps on rolling, never get tired of it, never overstays its welcome, even though it's just the same thing repeating. It's just brilliant. And this brings me to my next point, which is usually a song like Chocolate would be, it'd just be way too long. I'd say, yeah, stop it halfway or yeah, it just kind of goes nowhere. But for some reason that I can't quite put my finger on, I just can't stop grooving to it. And the last three minutes are possibly the highlight. Like you got Prince's spoken word appearance. You've got Jesse's chicken grease around the six minute mark, which is the absolute shit. And the classic line, which I completely forgot until I had to listen to this for the review. If you can't clap on the one that don't clap at all. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Great sense of humor there. And I think the only thing that's better than listening to this on this record or on this album is Prince redoing this song at some after show. I want to say maybe Nice 2010 or somewhere yeah, in Europe in 2010. 10, 10 at or a club. 11 he played it, yeah. I remember that. And people just lost it. Yeah, blew everyone's brains. And uh, it's a great, great thing to, to check out if you can. But yeah, this is easily top three. And on any given day, it could be number one, depending on who you ask. Um, Captain. Oh, this song. I know I've already said best intro to a song, but this might just top Blondie. With the, just, the Morris score. Just, yeah, that, the drums, the bass, and then Morris coming in with that laugh. It's just, what an intro. This was the second single from the album, three months after the album came out. I mean, the bass intro is good, but that bass just threw out this entire track. I mean... We've said it's yeah. just a simple bass line, but it's just so damn funky. This is another pretty old one. We've said it's April 1983. Another Prince production, pretty much, except you got Morris on the vocals. And, oh yeah, like players said, you got Wendy and Lisa still left on this version for some reason. I think they're just doing vocals, though. I think they're just doing that chocolate vocal. No, no, it's the guitar. It's that little guitar solo in the okay. right, I think it is. Oh, yeah, I know is, the one. Is um, yeah, yeah. Wendy. And for some reason, they just left it on the original track. and Because you go listen to the original, and it's there. It's exactly the same. Okay. I love these massive synth swells all over this track. I love that stuff. Yeah. Funny, we still got Prince as the waiter, just like on Chili Sauce. As I said, this was released as a single, and player already said it, remix is done by Keith KC Cohen, who did the Cream remix EP, and one of my favorite remixes, Do Your Dance, KC's remix, that's the one. Um, this song is great. It's, it's, it's funny, like, I'd say this and Blondie are my two favorite tracks on this album, but they are so unbelievably, like, opposites of each other, but that's my two favorite 
tracks <laughs> and they're like totally different one is like an old old early 80s prince and morris track and the other one is like all the time with no prince contribution at all a total opposite in almost every way that's funk this is rock you know but that that's my two favorite songs on this album the end wow okay a lot of fans in this room tonight toe jam round this one out for us yeah i pretty much agree i think player said it was like melted chocolate but for me it's so snappy like that snare drum and that clap sound is like i'm thinking like a yeah. violet crumble or like Maltese no you're snapping it like it's a kit kat snapping a kit kat oh that's the one kit kat i knew there was one yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a kit kat. There you go. yeah snap uh, yeah for me it's all about that that six that six note in the in the and it's a minor chord so you got this minor chord with the six on it so it's called a minor six chord uh, that note is so funky. Like, that's the sustained mm. one. It's also on the guitar when he's playing that. That's the note that really just makes this interesting, funky sort of sound on this one. I love the dance on this when they do this live. You know, they do the slides and everything. Yeah. Like, you know, mm. um, that's really cool. And they're all, like, getting close to the ground and sort of sliding around like old men kind of thing. It's, it's really funny. Yeah, just that bass line is so simple. And, you know, we were talking before about Blondie. And that riff, like that's a kind of, I wouldn't say complex, but it's, it moves around. It's a bit syncopated. So it does get mm. quite, it does feel repetitive. But this one, it's so simple. That can just go on for hours and hours and it just doesn't sound repetitive. I love the breakdown at the end when the, the bass and drums drop out and it's just the synths and the vocals and the claps. And, oh, man, it's so cool. So, so funky again. What else about this song? There's not much more to say about it. I mean, it's it's just classic time sound, Prince time sound. The waiter scene is hilarious. Like, I just love that idea. Like, it's such a, a weird idea, but you know, he just says, "Oh, you know, what's on the what's with the turkey, you know, meal?" Or and he just starts listing all these foods, and <laughs> he's like, oh, "Just get out of my, you know, just get out of my face!" Like, <laughs> it's like the guy's already got a chip on his shoulder. He's like, you know, they're trying to egg each other on or something. Uh, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's in the funny. live versions, like Jerome brings out this like massive oversized yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> menu. It's like the same size as him and you like, open it up. It's giant. It's huge yeah. menu. Yeah, man. The lyrics are just, you know, they're just straight sexual, you know. Uh, he just wants to, he wants to do some things. <laughs> sexual chocolate. <laughs> yeah, you know. Every time I bring you home, you say you got a headache, you want to be alone. I ain't trying to brag, baby, but if I ever get you in the bed, I work that body so hard you wish all you had was an aching head. Like, uh, it's so simple rhymes as well. So That's good. what's cool about it. Like, they're like the kind of rhymes you'd come up with when you're like 15. That's what's it's funny. See, let me just say, I'll bring it up again. The flow of Summer Prince's raps are just so freaking damn good. Yeah. Like no, yeah, like that last know, line. You know, he has to spit it out. You know, you wish all you had yeah. was an aching head. You know, just to get it in time. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a funky song. That's all I got. Well, player mentioned a menu. Speaking of the menu, let's go into the next segue. These darn segues. Cooking class. Give me a little bit of that pepper. Pepper. Give me a little bit of that salt. Salt. Put it in the skillet and cook it. Cook it. On that stove I bought. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's way past my dinner time. <laughs> well, dinner time. Perfect uh, segue, Captain. Cooking class. Uh, side two of the album. Well, there you go. Side ah. two opens with with a cooking class for Mr. Captain. And as is tradition on this album review so far, Captain, what do you think about this segue? Give me a little bit of that pepper. Pepper. Oh, it's so good. I love this bloody thing. It's just so funny. I don't have anything to say about this track except I love it. And it's just another classic Prince skit that he wrote. And you've just got Morris and Jerome. It's just, again, it's just an intro to the next song. Just like Yount is an intro to Blondie, Cooking Class is the intro to the next track. And um, you need it because you couldn't go straight from chocolate to skillet. It just That's just not going to work. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I still skip this though, but that's a very interesting point just to connect those. And also different- like... 
like, pieces yeah, of music. Like again, just like Blondie and Jerk Out, Chocolate to Skillet, you know, two total polar opposite types of tracks. So you've got to have something in between. And Prince loves these little comedy skits. So there we go. All right. Well, like I said, I do literally skip this before I get into the next track. Uh, Toe Jam or Player, what do you guys think about this? Uh, I got uh, nothing to say about this one. Yeah, I don't have anything either. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, well, with that, let's go into track number 10. It's called Skillet. Now, does Skillet kill it? Toe Jam, what do you think? Ooh. I'm sorry, Jesse Johnson, but I don't like this one either. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> oh, here we God. go. Here These we two go. songs, Blondie and Skillet, I just they don't do anything for me, and I just skip them almost every time. I don't like the intro again. We don't need no microwave. Like that's that is the dumb best lyric. goddamn intro. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is kind of funny because it's it's funny because it's like dumb, but it's not clever funny for me. Um, <laughs> but it is clever because they want to cook on a skillet. They don't want a microwave. Yeah, I get it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, similar to the Blondie riff, especially in the verses. Very, very similar kind of riff. That's kind of cool. But then it goes into the verse and that riff again comes back. It's very similar to Blondie, like I was saying. It's got that same snare drum sound that she drives me crazy snare drum from Fine Young Cannibals. I don't like that snare drum sound from this era, not just on Prince Records, but just in general. Every time you hear that snare, you're like straight back, oh, it's somewhere between 1989 and 1992. Like that's where that snare drum lives and died, thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) Got another cut him Jesse line. Uh, and Jesse does another solo, so it's very similar. The chorus, you know, in the skillet, like it's a big layered vocal thing, lots of close notes together. But yeah, I don't have much to say about this. It's very, very skippable for me. Again, just oh, too repetitive, just goes what? on. And uh, yeah, after 30 seconds, I'm done with it. I could have <laughs> oh, used a microwave. I could have used a microwave and got this song done quicker. So. Oh, <laughs> he did it in 30 seconds. Less the time. <laughs> Why do you hate the groove so much? 30 second reheat. Very interesting. Well, from um, Toe Jam from just Jam, hates I, the groove. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like it's just that. I don't know that rockin' sound with the time. Just to me, it doesn't. It's not convincing oh, to me. It doesn't sound. But it's the it's, groove. It's the groove. You love yeah, purple but, music. You love those grooves. Yeah, but it's the sounds. It's that the, the snare drum sound is just. Uh, it's so. But the groove's still there. That doesn't matter. I'm not feeling well, it. Well, clearly it matters. <laughs> <laughs> clearly it matters to someone. Captain, take it away because you're a. Uh, you're, you're feeling this groove by the oh, sounds of it. This is just a tiny step down from Blondie. It's a very similar song, but I like Blondie more. They are similar, and yeah. I know I've said it twice, but this could be the best intro on the album. <laughs> it's just, we don't need a microwave. I love that. Again, Toe Jam said you got the ma- that massive snare and Jesse just bloody wailing all over the place. It's so damn good. Uh, I like Jimmy Jam's little organ solo, 256. That just comes out of nowhere. It, to me, that's just so unexpected in a song like this, which is like a sort of sort of heavy rock, guitar-heavy track, and then all of a sudden it's just drums and this little dinky organ solo. It's just like, where is that from? <laughs> but, it, but once you've heard it a few times, you're like, of course. Of course Jimmy Jam's got an organ solo there. Of course he does. And then you just go straight into another massive jesse johnson guitar solo to blow your freaking face off this is a good song i'm not gonna say this is a great song it's a step down from blondie but i still like this song and cooking class is a great intro to it and um if a track has a groove the groove i don't care about how much reverbs on the snare 
it's got the groove. That's it. <laughs> the end. I don't know. There's something about it. I don't know. Can't put my finger on it. It is of that era. Do you like Metallica? Do you like Rage Against the Machine? I love Rage Against the Machine. I, I like Metallica, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't listen to them. Like, Seek often and destroy. The groove on that track. Holy shit! But it's totally opposite to like purple music. But it's <laughs> yeah, got no, the groove, and I, I, I can dig nothing, that. You know, the rock funk thing. You know, I love Rage Against the Machine, but this is not Rage Against the Machine. This is like <laughs> weak, weak. Ooh, what? Yeah, I, just, I think it's time for player. <laughs> <laughs> well, player's chiming in there. Okay, what are your thoughts? Right, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I just can't, maybe my brain can't comprehend it because you've got like the cheesy Morris Day character and then you've got these rock riffs and they just don't mix for me. I think you either need to, you know, scrap Morris and that comedic element and make it a rock song or the opposite, get rid of the rock guitars and make it a funky song. It's just... It's this kind of weird mix, and it just doesn't quite fit for me. It's burning. It's burning. Okay, <laughs> player, is it is it is it burning? Turn up the heat. Are we turning it up the heat, burning. or are we turning it down? No, we're turning it up. I mean, yeah, yeah. We don't need no microwaves again. Even though the connotation and meaning behind it is totally different, it's got that throwback similar to we don't like new wave. You know, it's good. we don't oh, need no microwaves. Yeah. It's a similar sort of yeah. thing, even though. Oh. Nice connection. Yeah, but the meaning behind it, they're total opposite. But anyway. The wave. You don't like waves. Right? Again, it's all about the funk, keeping it greasy, cooking it up, all oily. Only in a skillet you can do that. And there's yeah. nothing greasy about a microwave, unless, of course, you don't clean your microwave. Um, <laughs> this thing really rocks. Uh, you know, he says, my recipe ain't raw. Um, I like this. It has a similar sound to Blondie. You guys said that. The searing guitars throughout it. It has the cowbell. I've mentioned that before. There's a lot of cowbell. Mm. I think that's a prerequisite for hot rock songs like Endorphin Machine and all that. They've got to have a cowbell in them. Yeah. So there must be some formula. If I if I do a <laughs> thumping rock song, I'm sure Make sure you got cowbell. the cowbell. Yeah. Right. The Jimmy Jam solo is really tasty. I really like that organ preset that he uses in that solo. It's, it is unorthodox for the rest of the track, but like you said, it does sort of take it to in another direction. It's nice. There's an like Everything call. just drops out and then it's just like Jimmy Jam. Yeah. Off he goes. Mm. Do you know what? That could be a D50. I'm not sure. But that organ sound sounds pretty mm. similar to the Roland D50. There you go. There's an interesting call from Morris at 408. He says, roll like sushi my ass. Which, of course, <laughs> is a reference to Nana Cherry's Raw Like Sushi album, which was out at the same time while this album was being recorded. <laughs> so it's not shade or dig at her or her music, I don't think. But I think at that time, it was definitely an acknowledgement of sorts to the up-and-comers in the industry saying to, you know, to keep the funk greasy, you've got to play it like this, you know. So I think that was a very interesting reference that Morris threw in there. Overall, to sum up this song, I have to echo Jerome's lines at the end of the track. It's burning. It's burning. <laughs> it's burning. Yeah. It's burning. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So to round this out, as everyone knows, I'm not a fan of the song Blondie by any stretch. I just think it didn't work. This one is a better attempt. They still don't quite get there, but it's a better attempt for me of fusing that funk and rock element or elements together. It's a better execution. And, you know, Jesse's still winding and grinding that ax as per usual. So that's not the difference. I think the difference here is that possibly the funk aspect is a little bit yeah. more prominent. The groove on this is like, a lot, it's a lot different to Blondie. Blondie's like that really syncopated main riff. 
but this is pretty yes. much just straight one, two, three, four, all the way through. Yeah, and that kind of makes it a bit more groovy and a bit more, I guess, uh, danceable even, even though this is not a dance track by any stretch. Well, maybe it is, depending on who you ask. But this is kind of, yeah, it is. It, it is greasy and it is funny. But I, I, wish it, I wish they took this and funkadelic-ified it. <laughs> Do you know what? When I, when, I, when I was writing my notes, I actually had that like in my head like just throughout this album there's sort of hints to parliament funkadelic but they never really go that far but yeah. this track is probably the most in that direction i think but again they don't quite they could have gone further like you're saying yeah and i don't know if they didn't because they wanted to keep the jam and lewis production even though this is not typical of their production if you compare it to to some of the big name acts that they were working with there's still more of their element i think than prince well, there's no prints at all. This yeah, is, this, yeah is, this is this is nothing. Yeah, this is all yeah. Them. So there you go. So I just feel like it's a better attempt. That's it. <laughs> what am I going to say? But it's definitely not something that I would return to often uh, outside of this review. I think, unfortunately. And with that, we go into the next song. It's number eleven, which is called "It's Your World." It's your world. When I look at the title, I always think of Hey Young World from Slick Rick, which bears no resemblance to this at all. But I just, I just right. kind of, my brain just thinks about that. And I would much rather be listening to Slick than this track. Uh, take it away. Does anyone really, really like this? Uh, I got some things to say about it. Yeah. All right, Turjam. I think it's an interesting one. I think it's kind of an experiment sonically. It is, yeah. Right. It's an interesting beat. Right. And it's, I don't know if it's sampled or just. It sounds like a sample to me, this guitar that... Like, it sounds like they recorded it and then just sampled it over and over. Um, but, yeah, and it's kind of phased as well. Yeah. Um, it's kind of linny, but also kind of not. It's kind of like a got a like sort of junkyard kind of sound to it. The bass is really cool in this one. Some funky, funky bass. The bass lead-in that leads into each, like, new section is sort of ripped from Get It Up. That... And it's like this sort of... Add a bit of distortion on that lead up as well, which is kind of cool. And it's got similar kind of, you know, that kind of dark minor seven chords to it, like Get It Up does as well. So I reckon those two songs are kind of linked. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the updated version of that kind of song or sound. Something um, a little bit odd for these kind of songs, it does like a kind of jazzy key change where it goes up a semitone. 358, there's a, a solo that's go. like Dr. Fink. Go. I swear that's got to yep. be, I haven't checked, but is it Fink? It's Monty it doing like the most Dr. Fink-esque solo you yeah. hear. <laughs> Straight like he's playing the head solo, like same sort of lines yeah. and everything. It's interesting. And then this is the thing that I have always heard this, but I never made the connection. It's got the lady cab driver line towards the end in the last minute or so. Du -du 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 -du, that pops up like just over and over. Uh, yeah. It's sort of faint in the background at first, but in the last 30, 40 seconds, it just has that sustained note. And then that sustained note finishes with... Da, 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 lady cab driver, uh, which is really interesting. And I thought, how much of this is a Prince production? And um, I mean, according to the official credits, it's not. But then I also remember Jimmy Jam saying that Lady Cab Driver was his favorite song by Prince. And so I wonder if it's like, I want to know how much of this is a Prince production or is this, you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis doing a little homage to Lady Cab Driver, you know, which is a great yeah. song, one of the best Prince songs. Good so um, lyrically, you know, I, uh, yeah, I mean, Morris's vocals on this album just 
don't really do it for me. They just they're so in the background to me. I just don't even notice them half the time. But yeah, it, I'm not going to say it's great, but it is interesting. It's an interesting listen because it's just different, and there's bits that pop up, and you hear them, and you go, "That's cool." Uh, so yeah, it's one of those kind of songs. All right, all right. Uh, player, what do you think about this? My notes are very similar to Toe Gems. I really like the way it's recorded. It kind of messes with my head a bit when I listen to it on headphones because it sounds like the groove is being processed through some sort of flanger or something. It sounds like it's inverting. It's really clever and it's creative. It's a nice solid groove. It doesn't really deviate from that foundation throughout the throughout the track until the bridge um, at 2.32. That's really funky. I really like that. Seems a bit out of place thematically with the rest of the album, you know, about making, you know, yourself better within the world. But I guess it's an extension of what you're going to do after high school. So it's not totally foreign, mm. but it, it is but sort of. It's really lacking all those references to food, isn't it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 3.15, that horn swell, that's really funky. Um, Monty Moya solo, I really like that squelching preset that he uses. I think. Is it Sawtooth? I mean, it's got that sort of Sawtoothy vibe about it. I really like this song, but it's just Jam and Lewis. No Prince involvement. It must be a homage or something. It's cool. It's cool. But yeah, I, I agree with Morris's vocals. They're kind of mixed really low, kind of in the background, I guess. Anyway. Okay. Well, I'll take the baton off you just quickly. I think this keeps the album track theme going in the sense that it's just another song for me. Like, this is just a song to oh. use an old Captain phrase it it keeps the album moving i guess but it doesn't really go anywhere the message is positive i'll give it one thumbs up for that and that's about it no actually i'll take that back i give it two thumbs up the second thumb is for monty he he does a great job and um you know one of the big moments or the the big moment for him on this album and what a moment like it's i can listen to that that solo constantly just press rewind and let me hear that uh, because it's really really funky but yeah, this is just another song on an album that's got too many uh, just the songs on it, I think, by this point. It's missing a little something. It's an idea and a decent, but the execution is just like, take it or leave it, Captain. See, if, MZ, if you'd listen to this album more than a few times, I'm sure you would have something <laughs> to say about the sequencing. Yeah. All of these songs mm. have their, where they are for a reason. You can't go from Skillet to Sometimes I Get Lonely. It's Your World just breaks that from insane rock Jesse Johnson scream your head off to this sort of mid-tempo thing, then to the ballad. You know, sequencing on this album is really good when you look at it. Everything's there for a reason. Like even the the skits, they're there for a reason. Yeah, I guess they did the best with with what they had. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, this song, I don't have a lot to say. Like, I don't think anyone's mentioned this yet, but the phrase New Jack Swing... I'm not entirely sure what that even means, but I think I hear that in this song. Well, it's got a little bit of that. Because that was was sort of coming in around then. And like someone said the word experiment, this is trying something different for the time, at least anyway. The only other thing I've got is Monty's Dr. Fig solo, because it's just so good. But yeah, like you listen to this track on headphones, stuff is just flying all around you. It's a really interesting listen on headphones. Or if you had like a quadraphonic speaker system set up in your house sit in the middle of that because that's there's stuff mm. flying all around but yeah like player said it's record the way it's recorded and mixed and the stuff just moving all around left and right and center it's it's crazy but it is an album track uh it does sort of just pass by if you're not really listening to it 
this is sort of the back end of this album and it does sort of dip with It's Your World and the next one, I think. But yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. And from one song to another is the best way I can put this. <laughs> Track number 12. <laughs> it's not Gigolos Get Lonely. The name of the uh, song is Sometimes I Get Lonely. Take it away, player. This is not a Prince track. It's Morris Day, Jam and Lewis, and Monty Moyer. I think it's nice. Like, of all Ooh. the time ballads, this... I mean, you touched on it. Thematically, it falls in the same space as Gigolos Get Lonely too. thematically. You know, you have this player character, Morris Day, but at the end of the day, when no one's around and there's the quiet moments, you know, he's just the lonely guy, you know, so... Again, it's that theme, and I guess it runs through all the time albums, I guess. Musically, it has that big R&B ballad vampy turnaround, the dun-dun, you know, it just kind of chromatically mm. goes up and just very big and cheesy. What I will say is, is Morris does a solid vocal on this. I've got to give him that. Like, there's times where he hasn't, he hasn't, like, really, he's kind of just missed the mark. I reckon he, he, he nails it on this one. He does really good. And I also see this, it would fit on his solo album, like Daydreaming. This could fit on, a, on an album like that. But, uh, you know, I like the overall sound of this for the ballads. I take this over Donald Trump, easy. Oh, um, it has a no. nice, it has nice production sheen on it. And I think the Time Boys. Men, you know, the, the, how dare you? Well, no, I mean, like the, <laughs> no, you know, Prince... Prince did the Prince did the other ballad, the Donald Trump one, and they did this ballad. And out of the two, I'm going to pick this. Wow. So wow. Yeah. But I reckon it, it it all comes down to Morris and his vocal. He he does all right. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. How many times have we used that word in this in the <laughs> review of this album, Tajin? Uh, yeah, my notes are pretty much the same as players. I mean, it's it's nicely produced. It's got lots of reverb, but it's not like <laughs> yeah, not in an annoying sense, in a nice big ballad sense. I think Morris's vocal is a bit better on this one. He pulls it off a bit more. Uh, it's got that big, big turnaround that just and it just kind of goes round and round and round this chord progression throughout the whole yeah. song. Um, and I think that's part of the problem with it. Again, it's another six-minute one, and there's just not that much to it. It just kind of keeps going and going. Um, and again, just like um, Gigolos Get Lonely too, and Sometimes I Get Lonely, they're very similar-themed songs. Um, almost to the point where it's like, oh, this is just the new version of that song. But I don't think this song even comes close to Gigolos. Just ask our American audience. <laughs> yeah. They'll agree with that right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, when this does come on and I listen to it, I enjoy it. I have no problem with it. But I, I don't ever go to listen to this song. You know, most of the time I'll just skip it. So Sometimes I get keen to press the skip button. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Leave this... To Tevin Campbell or Babyface is what I think. It is very Tevin Campbell-y, yeah. I mean, in their hands, I think it would come off better than it does here. Boys I to will Man. Ag- yeah, I will agree. Yeah, Boys to Man or uh, whatever other similar group, I guess. I will agree with Player when, when you say that Morris actually does a decent job with the vocal. I think he does, but I just think the song itself is not particularly great. Like... For what it is, and it's a slow soul ballad, right, with plenty of cliches and something that I don't really enjoy listening to that much, it's actually a pretty perfect execution. Like, I don't think too many people could have done a better job. I did say Tevin Campbell, I did say Babyface, and I say that mainly because they just take this sort of music and they 
in my view, take it up a notch, basically. But this is as close to perfect as you'll get outside of a babyface production, I think. You know, even earlier Prince penned ballads, just like, again, players mentioning Jigglers Get Lonely too. I mean, compared to that, Morris sings the heck out of this one to me. The thing that this lacks, though, is humor. It's too serious. And that's why I think I would yeah, prefer serious, a Tevin. Yeah. You know, that's why I think Jigolo's Get Lonely 2 is a better track because when you listen to Morris on that one, there's still a bit of that, you know, I know you heard about my reputation. He's got that like tongue in his cheek on that track. But here he's like, he's trying to be earnest and vocally he sounds all right, but I just don't, like, I don't really connect with this song. So yeah, that's that. And with that, we go to the captain. You know, it's funny you say Tevin Campbell, because listening to this song, I hear, not in any great way, but similarities to Shush. It's got like this big build-up thing. <laughs> Don't, you already no, told me that. No, um, no, no. This is, like I said, this is just a minor. Okay. But you've got this big build-up, and then you've got this big Shush break it down bit, like at the start of everything. Yeah. It's very similar in that way. Okay. I can't wait for people to send their mail in and send us tweets. Oh, don't uh, worry. Captain thinks Donald Trump is Donald Trump is Prince uh, the Times version of Adore, and sometimes I get lonely is <laughs> their version yeah. of Shush. Well, don't oh, worry, God. that's social media. You won't have to worry about it. It'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> so here oh, we have gosh. the other ballad on the album. Well, we say ballad, but you know we say that about any slow song. So whatever you want to call it. I mean, we've already said it. The title straight away just reminds me instantly of Gigolo's Get Lonely 2. This song is okay. You can't say much more about it. It's, it's got a nice sounding little guitar bit at around 3.20. But we've already said this as well. I get the feeling this could be another Gigolo's where, you know, we all say it's not good and then everyone else says it's freaking amazing or something. So I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see when this comes out. But it's okay. Like this, as opposed to other ballads Morris Day has sung, I can sort of take this one seriously, which you've said you can't. This one doesn't have like any sort of comedy element. There's no laugh. There's no joke. It's 100% straight. I mean, there might be a joke in the lyrics. I haven't listened to them, but... Good evening, Mr. Day. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what this, that's what this needs. Yeah, it needs something for dinner. <laughs> it needs Mario Sescucurilliachi or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Out of all the ballads Morris has sung that I've heard, this one I can probably take the most seriously because there is no like comedy aspect to it. And for just one song, I can separate the character of... Morris Day funny guy to just a guy singing a ballad. So that's something that this song does, which I don't think any other of the ballads has. That's all I gotta say. All right. From a couple of songs, we go into track number 13. And finally, Ooh. a change in my view. It's called Data Bank. All right, you can hear those sounds in the background. That can only mean one thing. Captain's playing with his <laughs> electro, electro, <laughs> synth, <laughs> electro data bank again. Um, you finished off the last track. Why don't you open up this one for us? Oh, I don't know if you want me to, but okay. Oh, don't do. Don't, I have don't to say, dare. this version pales in comparison to Prince's original version. Mm -hmm. The '90s production on this track, it just doesn't work on this song for me. 
Like, as much as I love the original early 80s version of this track, this is probably my least favorite track on this whole album. Such a great track, but it's just totally ruined by the production to me. I haven't thought too much about what's wrong with it, but I think part of it is it takes itself too seriously. Mm. Like, we just had the ballad Mm. where I said I can totally accept Morris not being the funny guy for one track. This song is the opposite. It's like the original databank version still has that comedic thing when Prince did it to some extent. But here it's like 100% straight, serious, and it just doesn't work. That and the production, like this is another just a song album track, which I could even skip and be totally fine with it. This is the most skippable track on this album for me. Even oh, o- even over wow. the, even over the segues and the skits, this oh, track geez. is wow. the most skippable. Now you out of the fifteen <laughs> tracks. This is definitely the, one of the most really. unpredictable album reviews. You never know what anyone's going to say. Send your tweets one. to at Captain underscore says. That's it. Captain says. Bring it on. At, at Captain says <laughs> underscore strange things. Bring it on. Underscore. Tell me. Tell me that this is superior to Prince's version and get ready for the comeback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Wowzers. He's really going out on a limb today, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> so, okay, anything else from you on this one? No, that's, there's nothing else to say about it. Gee, okay. I, I will agree with you that this pales in comparison to Prince's. You got that bullseye like a hole in one. It, it does something. It's, I think it strips that... It strips the thickness of Prince's version, the freaky freakiness. It takes away the humor, you know, whatever yeah. there is in Prince's. And it adds one. awful 90s production, which works on other yeah. tracks, but not on this one. Not on this one. I completely agree with you. This track has had the funk stripped out of it. And even still, it's a pretty good song on this album. That's what mm. I'll say. Like... After that schmalsy one-two poke or prod, it's barely a punch. <laughs> it's back to the funk, baby. And it may, it might not be Prince's funk, but the time are in town and they're, they're ready to play. And um, you know what? I dig this. So Prince version notwithstanding, the thing that I like about this the most is it just reminds me of... Keep in mind, this is many, many years since the album's been released that I'm making this comment, but it, it just reminds me of how... I'm going to sound like an old man when I say this, how good even kind of middle of the road album tracks from the 90s were, or even from the 80s, if you will. Like, it's easy for us to say in the context of this album, this is not mind-blowing. But, you know, as a, as a just as a funky little track on an album, it's darn good. And it reminds me also of George Clinton's material from the 80s and 90s, where the production yeah. wasn't great, but his albums, when you really look at the the songs, you know, Compared to the stuff that's been coming out in in more recent times, you know, those George Clinton albums from the 80s and the 90s, they kill. And I think this does as well in that context. I guess I'm just having a bit of a nostalgic moment, you know, thinking about all this stuff. And if you listen closely on this song, the thing that I like even more than anything that I just said is the arrangement. I think this is a highlight on the album for how to arrange a song because there's so much here. There's, I'm not. I'm not going to strange but true this. Um, <laughs> but but I am going to. Hey. I am going to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, get the reference right. It's electric intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put it back on toe jam. Jeez, you started <laughs> from this. an arrangement. <laughs> from an arrangement perspective, this is one of the standout tracks on this album. Wow, and maybe the best arranged song because although the groove over the top of everything is kind of repetitive. Listen to the creatively executed, separate, disparate parts that have gone together to put this 
this short version of databank, I'll say, on this record. Like, if you listen to this 10 times or 20 times or 50 times, you will still hear new things in places yeah. that you didn't even you, know existed. You can't say that when you haven't even done that yourself. So, <laughs> come on. <laughs> how dare Seriously. you? Seriously. How dare you? You don't know how many times I haven't Seriously. listened to this album. <laughs> <laughs> in many I'll take a guess that it's single digits you will <laughs> in yeah. many times you will hear things many times after you first listened to this and I certainly did so I think the arrangement is great a great example of why I think this arrangement is great is a completely irrelevant thing that they did around 2 minutes 10 seconds is this short jazzy little breakdown that comes in from nowhere and then disappears a few seconds later like literally a bar later, but it's just super funky. You know, then there's that that we've done a few times now that is sprinkled in throughout. And I know it's going to sound crazy, but that that makes the song so much funkier than it would have been without it. And again, reminds me of George Clinton for some reason. So I think this is more, you know, an idea that I'm happy it's on here, but an idea that I think Prince got right the first time uh, and to me this is like a cover version of Prince's original so therefore it gets like a mediocre rating if I had to score it but on this album yeah I like it I like it certainly better than the last three or four songs jeez Toe Jam? Uh, I find this kind of a oh, here we go I find this, that says it all <laughs> that's not a great that's, that's not a great opening bring it on I kind of find this as a bit of a travesty actually it's yep. such a missed opportunity because the 80s version Prince's version is so funky and that what kills it for me is I just really dislike that synth string line. And, and the problem with it is it turns the song into an Aeolian minor instead of the funky Dorian minor sound, which is that real James mm. Brown kind of thing. Uh, and that really strikes me when it gets to that turnaround, you know, that da 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 That turnaround in the original is the funkiest moment in that song. And in this one, it's like, uh, don't even bother. You just, it's kind of like, it's ruined that part. Um <laughs> The ba- it's kind of this odd mix because the bass is still funky. The bass is still that funky. Dun, 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 dun. That's really cool. But the tempo slowed down. The sniff, that stupid, she drives me crazy snare drum again. <laughs> uh, which, it just doesn't mix well with that funky bass. It loses the humor. It loses the relentless James Brown sound to it. And there's just too much going on. Like, oh, man, it's just, it's such a missed opportunity. This could have been, you imagine the time doing Prince's version of Databank. Instead, you get the time doing Databank, but it's this weird hybrid thing. And yeah, I really find this disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, what else can you I say? kind of see what, I kind of see what MC's saying. Like there is a lot in it to pick out and listen to. And that's that's a fun exercise just in its own right, but it's not necessarily yeah. an enjoyable. That doesn't listen. make a great track. Yeah, yeah. It's anyway, got, it's got all the it's got all the bells and whistles, but you can't polish your turd. <laughs> but somehow, <laughs> there's the intro right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just so weird because that that synth line is dun, 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 like floating, and then you go, I'm "Gonna put you in my data bank." It's just, <laughs> it's just, what is this trying to be? It's just all over the place. They somehow like stripped it of all the things that made the original great and you're just left with this like skeleton that's not great i don't even know how to say it yeah anyway that's all all right player what are your thoughts on this which side of the fence are you on let's see well this is one track that appeared from those 1986 rehearsals where it had this song 
can't stop this feeling I got uh, and yeah. we can funk. Yeah. And guess what? Those same two songs, other songs, ended up on Graffiti Bridge. Yeah. Can't stop <laughs> this feeling I got and we can funk. So again, he's reaching back. He's found all these songs. They all get put into this Pulled era. Pulled up into this era, yeah. Yeah, I love the Prince version like you guys. I like this one. But yeah, it's kind of like, I don't but, know. I, yeah, I can't put my finger on it. Is it like a sanitized version? I don't know. I don't know. It's very mm. clean. So there's something about it. I don't know what it is. It's lost the funk somehow. They just lost mm. the funk in this track. <laughs> the drum machine pattern. I like it. I like the reverby boombastic sound. I like the phone sound, even though, well, it's not even a phone sound. It's more like a computer sound, but mm. it's like a phone. I don't know. It's like an electronic Rolodex. I mean, what were they using mm. in the 90s? Pages or some shit? Like it just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a cool sound, though. The highlight for me, there's one fucking hilarious line. <laughs> Don't cry, little darling. I got something to dry your eyes. Somebody bring me a handkerchief. I just cleaned the press mine. That is friggin' hilarious. <laughs> and he says it's so deadpan as well. It's just like, you know, I'm going to give you a tissue, but you're not going to use mine. You're going to use somebody else's kind of thing. You know? <laughs> just do the peck of wood. All these sort of, you know, references that he's got in there. That's another one. Shake it like a peck yeah. of wood. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's good, but I guess as a lot of Prince fans have heard from the the collector's market, you know, if mm. you've heard that version and this, you know, you kind of start doing the comparison thing. Otherwise, if you're not tainted by that, you might like this. So it's, it's an interesting inclusion. I see why it's been included because, you know, it's kind of like that kind of rich tycoon player kind of thing. He kind of like, he's got this data bank. Like, of, like a Donald Trump of that era? Yeah, kind of maybe. <laughs> But, you know, I can see why it's included, but I guess they've just, you know, some of those digital sounding things lose a lot of soul and stuff. And, you know, maybe it's just a 90s thing that they were going into. <laughs> Thought this is the production it needs on it. I don't know. Yeah, somehow they just stripped the funk and you just left with like a generic, basic sort of rock track. But it's, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're all trying to put our finger on just why this version doesn't work and like that's the closest i can think of what it is yeah and the other thing i will add to this is that for me at least all those kind of maybe not negative but constructive criticism notwithstanding i still think this is one of the better songs and i know that (laughs) people will disagree but the back half of this album to me is a lot stronger than the front half and in saying that we are down to the last song on this record Uh, Not the last track, but the last song. It is track number 14. My summertime fashion. (laughs) (laughs) My summertime fashion. No, it's my summertime fang. Spelled T-H-A-N-G. And with that, it's got to get a player because he sung sung the... Inspiration for this song, possibly. Um, tell us your thoughts. Wrap this up. This was the original. Ooh. Well, yeah, definitely. This was Originals. the original. So, yeah, you had, as I mentioned, the latest fashion. That's in G major, whereas this is in G minor. So, you got two exact same songs, exact same tempo of 115 BPMs. You know, if you're very familiar with a collector's market, you've got this going way back to like 83, 84, rehearsals with the revolution, doing this with chlorine bacon skin. You've got that, well, I guess it's the horn line throughout it, the da-da, which is very, you know, cold sweat, you know, mm. cold sweat on the horns, da-da, you know, Eric. Because I heard that this song was at one point 
being supposedly given to Eric Leeds to work on some sort of madhouse project and that never happened and i know during that 87 88 era you know he was doing that that you know calling out to eric you know cold sweat on the horns you know and so i can see why prince would see that this fits in that madhouse kind of thing you've got that it takes me higher higher and again no guesses to which hero of princes has been referenced there Mm, there we go candy is on the sax in this track at 333 you got some you got Jerome scatting haphazardly some lines from Skillet. And Morris is like, hold it, hold it. We already did that. We already did that. Wait now. <laughs> and then he says, find, find Jerome a girl or something. Get him out here. Give him, give Jerome my girl. It's hilarious. And then in the middle of the track, you got the bird reference. Again, it's another throwback. Um, score, hallelujah. There's an extended instrumental called Roller Skate mm. uh, from the 89 version. It's just basically like an instrumental version of this track. And there's a remix version that has a lot of jazzy guitar similar to the vein and to the ones in the Cream remix EP. Going back to that EP again. Very similar. But yeah, I like the groove of this. To me, it's just like a, a James Brown groove revolving around Cold Sweat. And then you have the latest fashion, which is the sort of remix of this song. So yeah, it's very interesting. Dun, 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 okay. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, there's that word again. A lot of interesting songs on this uh, record. Captain, do you think this is interesting? What do you think of this one? Oh, this one. I am torn between this and the latest fashion. I like them both. Latest fashion probably just takes it for me because I had Graffiti Bridge, the album first, and I would have blasted that to death. So then when this one came along, even though this was the original version, I'd already gotten used to the latest fashion. So it is, if you started the song and you didn't know which one it was, you'd be like, hang on, which, which one is this? And it's just a bit strange to have two almost identical songs. So they're just different lyrics. They're a bit different. It's just a weird thing. This, you know, it's basically another Prince production with Morris on the vocals. And yeah, from 1983, uh, this song itself, like uh, there's the cool little organ breakdown at 543. That just sounds so good. But I don't have much to say about it. It's I like it. It's just, a again, it's got the, this song has the groove. And, you know, this song goes for what, six minutes. Yeah, 650. Six, so almost seven minutes. And for me, it doesn't get boring at all. There's always something happening. It just keeps going. And again, it could go another five minutes and I'd, I'd just be fine with that. But um, I think it was really weird to put out this and the latest fashion on Graffiti Bridge around the same time. Two very, very similar tracks. Almost the same track. You know, I've thought about this. You know what I was thinking? You know how Graffiti Bridge was edited, like the movie? He kept editing mm. the VHS yeah. and got cut and cut and cut. And maybe one of his original ideas, because, you know, it's all this battle of the bands. Mm. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the time do this song and then Prince does his version, like, you know, is it like kind of like that battle ah. thing. And, you know, just the way things evolved maybe i think that was one of the ideas and just it kind of fizzled out and it never made it to the movie or whatever but i think maybe mm, possibly that yeah. was because of that how they're very similar and all that i don't know because i read something where jimmy jam he went to prince like when they were doing tracks for this album he went to prince and he's like oh we want we want to do my summertime thing because you know that was an old time track which never got used from 83 and Prince said at the time, oh, you can have it, but it's called the latest fashion now. And he's like, <laughs> Jimmy Jam's like, no, 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 no. We want the original version as we did it. And he's like, well, I don't know. So, yeah, some deal was made where both got released. So it's just a weird, it's a weird situation. I don't know. 
it's it's that's like all I, that's all I gotta say. Bold generation and new power generation. <laughs> yeah, they just changed the title. Well, I was even thinking artificial age plectrum electrum when he had um funk and roll. Uh, funk and roll. Yeah, that was probably the last time that he did something remotely similar. Bizarre. Right? It's bizarre. You know what? You know what? One theory that I could just come up with right now is, as I said before, the time tracks which came out on Graffiti Bridge were Prince's vision of how the time would be in 1990. But this album is the Times' vision of what the and the record company's vision of what the time should be in 1990. Yeah. So I can see why the latest fashion is on Graffiti Bridge because that's Prince rewrote that to those lyrics. That's how it was in his head. That went on his album. But then hmm. you know they got this version because they wanted the original. So that could have been what it was I don't know I think I touched on this before around this 1990 era he was so busy with the movie the albums all that and I said that he reached back in the vault got a lot of these 82 86 tracks reworked them and all that and all these other songs that are on this album that are by Jamal Lewis and the rest of the time members I reckon Prince was like happy to say yeah contribute some songs along with some of my songs because it just takes a bit of a load off his back and he could just send them on their merry way they can add some more stuff to it you know, have a bit more of an identity. I think it's cool. It's welcome. But you know the one big difference there between the Time releasing the Time album with their own contributions couldn't be the same said for F Deluxe when they wanted to put out their own album with their own contributions later on. But what are you going to do? Oh, but that's like no Prince involvement at all. I like it, the original Seven album. No Prince involvement at all. This has some mm. Prince involvement. So which which yeah, know. and that album couldn't be called the Time, which is why it was called the Original Seven. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an album that we should definitely review yep. one day. The Original Seven record. I would love to talk about that. Where we can talk about an album where there's no Prince involvement and we literally get the Time in their in purest form. Glory. Maybe. Well, we'll get to that. I guess there's not too much that I can add because you guys have covered a lot about the comparison between the, those two songs, my summertime thing with uh, the latest fashion. But I will say that I don't like the latest fashion at all. <gasps> I find it annoying. It's a terrible addition to the Graffiti Bridge soundtrack. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I just don't know what, what that song is. Prince does a rap in that. Are you kidding me? I just, I just, I just don't know what that song is. And here's the killer, Captain. MC's only listened to Graffiti Bridge like three times. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, three times he's heard it. Oh. What I will say though is that my summertime thing blows the latest flashing, flashing, <laughs> flashing. <laughs> That's a Freudian slip up. I ever heard one. I'm jerking out over here. Uh, <laughs> Keep it to yourself, bro. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> my summertime flashing. Okay, my summertime thing blows away the latest fashion, <laughs> like any day of the week. It is funky. I almost said flesh for for a second there. It is funky, fresh for the '90s, man. <laughs> this is a super funky song. It's a little reminiscent in in its arrangement and just the colors of the sounds of this particular piece to close out this album. It's reminiscent to I'm gonna say it 1986 era revolution arranging. There is just lots of fun in this track. It's like the time doing a little bit of Prince and maybe Sly Stone with a bit of... There's just something about this track that is Sly and the Family Stone-ish to me, but it's undoubtedly got the, the Minneapolis sound happening as well. I don't know how to quite describe the sound. What I would love to hear though, and I think Morris 
does a great job on the vocal on this song. And this just hit me out of the blue. I don't, I really don't know what universe this came from, but it popped up into my mind. I can actually hear St. Paul Peterson yep. turning this song out. How did this song not turn up on a St. Paul Peterson solo album? Because it was a Prince track, that's why, and he didn't give it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a very technically correct answer. But, I mean, has St. Paul ever done this live? He would tear the roof off with this song, both on yeah. vocal and bass. I just think if there was ever a song that was created for St. Paul to sing and make all things funky, this is the one. It would sound perfect. But that's in some alternate parallel universe that doesn't exist. Back to the song, it's just got so much going on in it. It's a great jam, super party time music. It's a great way to finish this album, which has a very weak middle. It's it's nice to, to kind of get out of here with a, with a I'll say it, a one-two punch with Data Bank and some, My Summertime Thing. Yeah, I, I like I, this track. I want you to tell me why this is so much better than the latest fashion when musically they're practically identical. I just don't like the title, The Latest Fashion. I don't like the way it comes off. I just, I don't like the Morrisisms in that one with all the, I don't know, just there's something about it. Another thing that ruins The Latest Fashion for me is because it's on Graffiti Bridge. Graffiti Bridge is such a strong album, but then it's, then then that song comes on, whereas on here, (laughs) this is one of the best pieces of music on here, I think. So Mm. um, there's that. But let's let's uh, round this out with Toe Jam's thoughts. What do you think, Toe Jam? Um, yeah, I think I prefer this over latest fashion. I think the latest fashion is a little bit too overproduced, whereas this is kind of more organic. Um, it does have that kind of stomping 70s Larry Graham, Sly and the Family Stone thing to it, I think, especially with that organ chord in the chorus. And you got that reference to takes me higher in there mm. as well. It's kind of interesting how the, the chorus kind of jumps in like a bar earlier than you're expecting it to in the verses, which is different. Interesting. But what I really like about it is like the song's kind of much over by 150 and then it's just the last four or five minutes. It's just instrumental stuff. And I really like that instrumental stuff. It's um, it's really funky and driving. You've got a lot of different stuff happening. You've got this little line in there that kind of reminds me of Shortberry Straw Cake or whatever it is. From the Sheila E album, that it's like a line similar to that. It kind of pops up. Then you've got that other like keyboardy sax line that's in the latest fashion. But the good thing about that is that it works better in the song because it it's only comes in at the end in the sort of more experimental in- instrumentally bits. Whereas in the latest fashion, that's like really prominent. It gets really kind of trance-like, just really stomping and do do do. Like the bass line's almost like the future, you know, the song in the future. Do 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 do. Just driving underneath it. It's really good. And you start getting all these samples back from the old days. Like there's a Jungle Love reference, a What Time Is It sample, and all of this sort of stuff. I think Player mentioned a few others. Um, So yeah, I think it's a good, strong closer to the album, and which is a relief because um, there's, you know, the last three or four of these have been quite skippable for me. So I'm I'm glad that it does finish on a a stronger note. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the album. We're not going to talk about track number 15, are we? Oh, yeah. I got nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Toe Jam's got nothing to say. I've literally got nothing to say about that last track. I don't know what it even is or what it's doing there. <laughs> track number 15, Pretty Little Women. Look, they got some pretty little women there and I'm gonna get them. A player? I don't have anything. He drives you off. You don't have anything to say about Pretty Little Women? Oh, well, it's just an outro, really. <laughs> I mean... I can't... Yeah, but what about Pretty Little Women? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. It's just... <laughs> Just like him driving off. No, you don't get it. What about pretty little women? (laughs) The captain's the only one laughing. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's useless. These, these dad jokes are not working. Okay, Captain, I think you're on your own here. It's a funny end. He's driving, he smashes his car, and then his car doesn't start. And then he wanders off into the night singing Kansas City. It's just, you couldn't imagine a better end to, a, you know, what, a Morris Day what, album. Let's what ju- better description for this album? <laughs> He's driving, he crashes his car, he gets out, he starts singing a song completely unrelated to this. Yeah. Perfect. And then he just wanders off in the night. And then you've got these, like, crickets or some Owls. night, some night Owls. animals. <laughs> and it's just like, what is going on? It's good stuff. But yeah, okay. every time I see the title, I think of that um, Michael Jackson song, which is, is a PYT. PYT. <laughs> and every time I see the last track come uh, up, like on yeah. the thing, I'm like, what? what? Oh, oh, yeah, that outro thing. Yeah, not Michael Jackson. <laughs> every time. <laughs> okay. All right. We somehow did it. We got to the end of this mammoth, what I didn't expect to be, but became a oh, we had pretty to, lengthy. We, we, had to, we had to go big. It's the anniversary. That's true. That is very true. We had to give it its, its worth. This was the fourth time album. Let's see if we can get together one of these days and do the fifth and, as of today, the final album by the time. The original seven, Condensate, but that's on another day and that'll be another show. Thank you for tuning in once again to the Peach and Black podcast. This has been another Peach and Black. We're oh, now going to do final thoughts yeah, or yeah. But, but first, we'll have a conclusion to the show. But, How about that? But first, <laughs> but, <laughs> but first, let's do a conclusion. Con- oh, conclusion. Oh lord! That, oh, every second spent on these segues have just done my head in tonight. Um, <laughs> Come on, let's go. Player, what are your final thoughts? I reckon I really like this album. I think it's a really solid album. And I think that you've got a mix here of Prince tracks, time tracks, and Prince and time tracks. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is even though I guess the writers are inconsistent, it does kind of have a a consistent sound about it. A lot of the tempos of the tracks are very similar BPMs. I, uh, you guys said there's dips in it, but I think it's pretty consistent all the way through. So I think it's a really solid album and it's right up there. I mean, you can pick any of these songs off this album and throw it on, well, maybe not all of them, but you could throw them on Graffiti Bridge and replace some of the tracks on there or add to it and, you yeah. know, it'd fit as well. So you could resequence the entire these two albums together. I'm sure you've already done that. That's such a great idea. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's a great album. It's a solid album. I mean, there's going to be the purists that say, oh, you know, those original 81, 82 albums, six-track albums, you know. And, I mean, there's a lot of fire in those albums and all that sort of stuff. But I reckon for this, they don't miss a step or falter a beat. Like, they come back and they're fire. And I like the fact that they're all contributing to the album. I think that's a really good... Mm good thing as well and i really like it's all the original members you know it's not like some sort of you know segmented part of group you know just all these people whack together and called the time or whatever yeah. it's just morris you know, day and a, and a bunch of guys <laughs> yeah morris day in the time <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> yeah so um oh I had to get that in there but no i think it's really good i really like this album i think it's really solid and you know i can go back and i can always go to this album and put it on and know that I'm in for a good time kind of thing. You know, it's not like I look at it and just kind of debate with myself, uh, do I feel like putting this on today, yes or no? I can always put it on and know that, you know, it'll put me in a good spot. So 
I like this album. I'll agree with Player about it's a solid album. And he said, I think sonically, that's right. Yeah, I think it's sonically, yeah. This whole album from start to finish, it's got a pretty consistent sound. There's a little bit up and down, but sonically, I think it's, you know, it's Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis production all the way. That's that consistent sound. And that's good. But, you know, song quality wise, you've got a bit more peaks and troughs. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. And Captain, your final thoughts, would you say this is your favorite Time album? Yes. Oh, without hesitation. Uh, Look at that. Yep. Well, that's the first thing I've got written for my conclusion from all of the time, from the five The Time albums. This is my favorite. And I just know, like, all the Americans listening to this will just be killing us because to them, it's all going to be about those first three classic albums. And this is probably way down their list of albums that they'd rather listen to. But, you know, we're Australian, so get over it. (laughs) <laughs> but um you know this was the first album that i heard from the time except for the tracks on graffiti bridge and i didn't hear any of the other earlier out al- time albums until much later do you and think that's what's affected you know how when probably, you first yeah, hear yeah. something yeah yeah of course of course it is yeah. that's definitely part of it like and even when i got those original time albums i never listened to them much like when we reviewed them you know i'd probably hadn't listened to any of them more than Except for the few weeks before we reviewed them, I'd probably listened to them a few times. But this, I played to death when I got this in the early 90s, and I just love it. Like I said, I got this shortly after I got Graffiti Bridge and Diamonds and Pearls. Like, this was probably in the first six or seven Prince albums that I ever even bought. So, I played it a lot. A lot. Like, I played this just as much as Graffiti Bridge, and... You know, a lot of it's probably the 90s production, which I love. And I also do love the fact, like Player said, there's input from the band as opposed to the first three albums, which are just Prince albums with Morris singing. But overall, this is a great, great album. My favorite Time album. It's It was literally in the first six or seven Prince albums that I ever had. So it's it's good. The end. <laughs> All right. Toe Jam, what are your final thoughts? Um, see, I think this is the weakest of the four albums that Prince is involved in. <gasps> I think for me, because I got Graffiti Bridge pretty early, I didn't buy this for a little while longer because I, I always assumed, oh, it's just this has all the time tracks that are already on there, um, which is not the case. But I, so I remember I bought the first three albums first. And um, I ate them up. I love those first three time albums, especially the first two. This one, like, I'm kind of agreeing with these American fans you're talking about. Like, to me, this one's kind of a a weird mix of the Prince thing and the Jimmy Jam thing and and the Jesse Johnson thing. And like I said, I'm not a big fan of Skillet and uh, Blondie. And I think those two songs, plus some of the others that are a bit skippable, like Sometimes I Get Lonely, Databank's a bit of a travesty. Um, the segues for me, you know, segues are funny the first time you hear them, but it's hard to go back and listen to them multiple times. So I really find this kind of an inconsistent album, actually. Uh, I mean, it's not bad. I'll put it on and, and enjoy it, but it's pretty rare I grab it out to listen to it. Morris's vocals, I say this on a lot of the time stuff, but I just find I don't know. I don't know what he's saying in the verses. Like the choruses are always really strong, but in the verses, his voices are just so weak. It's like it's hard to sort of my mind just starts to gravitate to all the instrumentation. And maybe that's maybe that's a sign of how funky that instrumentation is. But, you know, I don't even know what half the songs are about half the time. <laughs> hey, that's what I say. What are you talking about? Yeah. The MC was saying before about, like, the arrangement of some song was amazing. And all I was thinking, was, was it Jerk Out? No, not Jerk Out. 
databank 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 and all i was thinking was the mixing on that's horrible like toe jam saying there's a lot of songs you can morris is not loud enough in the mix and it's usually in the verses for some reason so you know you can put that down to arrangement or just mixing but he, yeah his, his vocal yeah. is just not loud enough in us fair few sections you know, on this album hmm um, but I do like the time look and um, I like all the themes and imagery, like this whole obsession with food in this album, like, you know, the album cover there on the, the, on the stove and <laughs> there's that risker, uh, which I thought was detergent, but turns out to be cooking oil, uh, the skillet thing, the Tootsie Roll, Kool-Aid, going to restaurants, chocolate, like there's just so much reference to food. Jumbo uh, shrimp. <laughs> you know, 18 jumbo shrimp. Oh man, it just, it's never ending. Like <laughs> Chili sauce. <laughs> Yeah, so I like that about it. That there is a kind of consistent comedic theme about this food and restaurants and things. So that's good. Mashed potatoes, gravy, yeah, the hot turkey dinner. Oh, what comes with hang that? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Here's the link. Look, you just said mashed potato. What was the Exodus segue <sighs> yeah, called? Oh mashed there potato girl intro. All these comedy skits, man. It's all related. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Making the connections. That's what we do. <laughs> Overall, I find it's kind of a skippy kind of album, but it, it is it is what it is. Pandemonium. Yeah, it's pandemonium. It's certainly not. I mean, it is because that's the name of it. But I just don't know. I'm unconvinced by it. I feel like this is an album. It is. A, that it has so much. Pandemonium is a very um, ambitious title. Yes. They, they could have called it, it Funk on a Stick, and they could have got away with that. But they pandemonium. Yeah. You know, maybe if every single song was like Blondie and Skillet. You could get away with oh, pandemonium. <laughs> but what it's what, a great that, title for an album. But that'd be a very yeah. tiring album if every song was just balls to the wall, yes. Jesse Johnson and those stadium drums. Oh my god. <laughs> but I mean like yeah. in terms of like if you were like looking through records and stuff and you see this and it says pandemonium, you'd think, Wow, like it's a Let's you know, go. big record. That's yeah. gonna blow my head off. Yeah, so like I mean, and then he goes straight to Blondie, and it blows your head off. But I mean, it does its job in that regard. So I think it's a great title for an album. Mm. What did um Jennifer Love Hewitt bought out an album? She called it Let's Bang or something. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah, <laughs> oh, let's. well, that's um, let's. I mean, if you're gonna Are you if comparing you're, Pandemodium to by the time to Let's Bang by Jennifer Love Hewitt. That, no, but what I'm that. saying, what I'm saying is, no, if you're if you're in the record store and you see that, that's a guaranteed purchase, regardless how shit the music is, right? <laughs> um, oh, I like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Let's go bang. back to back to my final thoughts. <laughs> now let's talk more about Jennifer Love Hewitt, the Ghost Whisperer. What a show! How many seasons was that? That was a good show. I watched that. Wow, oh, this wow. has got way off track. Yeah, it definitely has. I was, what I was going to say was, is there a food reference on every time album? And I just had a look and there isn't. Chili sauce on 84 and then you've got the chickens and skillet and chocolate on on this album. There's nothing on the first two. Ice cream. There's Mm. nothing on the first two unless... There'll be something in the lyrics. There'll be something in the lyrics for sure. Yeah. Well, the stick, you know, that that could be a food reference depending on how you look at it uh, off the first (laughs) record. And then if Wild and Loose was called Wild and Goose, then there'd be technically a food reference. But that's this is, again, my my dad humor coming out. Okay, back to my final thoughts on this this, um, incredibly long-winded review of Pandemonium. It just doesn't have enough pandemonium <laughs> for me to give it a, too many repeated listenings. You know, I feel like it's a missed opportunity and I feel like I don't know whether this was the case 
but my gut feel tells me that Jam and Lewis were not given enough scope and enough of a rein behind the decks on this record. Ooh. Yes, their sound comes through really? in different parts of different songs, and, and it is very, very different to the first three time albums. But I, I just, I don't know. I just don't I would feel... Almost, I would almost say the opposite. I would say that they pushed it too far. No, I, I don't think, think they pushed it. I think if it was more like Prince's idea of what the time would have been in 1990, this would be a different review, totally. Well, it would be a different album, that's for sure. But I don't know. I just feel like, you know, a lot of their production work, I hate to say it, but was a lot better than what's on here. And and I wonder if, if that's... Prince's influence, whether it's directly or just his shadow <laughs> hovering over this, what, this what, project. What's your Twitter handle? <laughs> the- <laughs> Send it that yeah. way. Yeah, again. You're gonna, you're gonna, that's right. So, yeah. So, my final thoughts on this are it's got 10 tracks. I think three or four of them are pretty decent with maybe one or two being particularly strong jams. You know, am I going to do this just for the sake of the listeners? Am I going to give it a four out of ten? We're not rating bloody albums. <laughs> I'd give it less than that, by the way. But, oh, um, no way. What? I would. I really would. Oh, it's that just, is harsh. It's just wow. too, too all over the shop. Like, the segues really annoy me. And at least 50% of the music I, I just don't like at all. Just really. remind me what you so said about the segues on um, the Exodus has begun. What were your comments? I cannot on that? remember. Can't remember. Hmm. But but yeah, it's just I just don't know <laughs> about this album. Is is my final thoughts. I think you're wrong, Captain. I think he's listened to this two times, not three. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, Here's my question for you. Yes, yes. Do you think if the record company hadn't come in and said? We want the actual band members to be on this album. And Prince's idea of this album called Corporate World came out. Would that have been, you know, it's hard to say if it would have been better or it would have been very different, but it wouldn't have had this, you know, bombastic production, which we all seem to say is not their best work. Um, I don't know. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> like, okay, Jam and Jam, let me put it another way. Jam and Lewis are, as a duo or as a tag team, are arguably Whoa, there some is. of the... What? Wasn't that their song? Tag team? <laughs> <laughs> arguably <laughs> some of the greatest producers in music. Yeah, period. absolutely. Yeah. Like from a production perspective, they are like Mount Rushmore. And I just feel like this album didn't get all of that. And I wish that it did. So it's, look, it has some huge jams on it but it just doesn't have enough to keep it spinning at my place. And um, yeah, that's about it. I think it needed to be one or the other. It needed to be a full Jam and Lewis production or it needed to be a yes. full Prince yeah. production. It yes. kind of this tries to play both and it just doesn't quite reach. It's probably an ego thing because when Jam and Lewis left, they weren't the hotshot producers. Now they're coming back as the hotshot producers. Prince is a big star after Purple Rain. It's a very different dynamic to when they broke up. Mm. So, mm. you know, you got a lot of ego in the room. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they're all friends, but they all, all got their own creative ideas as well of how things should sound and all that. So, you know, maybe that's part of it. Yeah, it'd mm. just be super interesting, there's that word again, to know whether they really got the freedom that I think they deserve. And, and I just, when you listen to this, I just really wonder, you know, this is one of those times where I really think I'd rather hear 
what someone else brought to the table compared to potentially what Prince was thinking in his mind. But who knows? Maybe we can get into that another time on another day on another show. We did it. It was pandemonium on the Peach and Black podcast. Happy anniversary. Anniversary, <laughs> yes. We should do a lemon 30. cake for the anniversary. <laughs> because okay. this whole album's about food, we should do a cake for it. A pandemonium <laughs> cake. You've been listening to another classic Peach and Black podcast. Catch all our episodes at podbean.com, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Mixcloud, and all good podcast directories. Search for Peach and Black Podcast. You can continue your Peach and Black experience online. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The Peach and Black Podcast is written and produced by Rob S, MC, Player, Toe Jam, and Captain. Original theme music by yours truly, Toe Jam. Audio production and additional audio editing by Captain at Funky Temple Studios. Episode artwork by Reverend. Share our podcast with your friends and Prince fans. If you love our show, please write a review on Apple Podcasts. You can contact the Peach and Black Podcast by email at peachandblackpodcastofficial at gmail.com. One more question for Mr. MC. If you were to make this album Re-sequence. a classic, exactly, resequence to the classic six-track format, what would it be? Can you use tracks on Graffiti Bridge in the mix? No, just these. You're putting me on the spot. You're putting me on the spot, but I'll do it. So, okay, I'll do it right now. I'll just do it off the... You're cutting off Dreamland. The, off the dome. Off the top of the dome. <laughs> I could do it. This is easy. So then you got this 10 is... tracks. Almost too easy. I've only got seven tracks left, so which one am I going to take out? Oh uh, going to cut one of the ballads at least. Uh, okay. And there's your choice made for you. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Okay, I'm, I'm one track to go, and then I'm sending it your way. There's still one track. Okay, which one do I take out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping that in. That's the intro to the album. That was Are we all doing this? Let's all do it and see if we've got the same thing. Okay. Oh, this I is just chuck them all in Winamp and I just I'm just deleting them as I go. Done. I'm done. Yeah, I got mine. It was well, it was cop- tough. That that seventh track to chop is tough. You get down to seven and then you're like, ooh. No, I got six straight up. Of course. <laughs> you could probably get it down to three. <laughs> so I've done it. And without listening to it, this is just my order as well. Okay. MC, here we go. Let's go. If you're gonna reduce pandemonium from this <laughs> bloated <laughs> segue filled production down to the classic time six track album what's it gonna be well this doesn't look so bad now okay because i'm forced to choose six songs i would have choose less but i'm forced to choose six songs this is the ultimate version in my opinion track number one pandemonium track number mm-hmm. two data bank track number three jerk out track number four skillet uh-huh. He's track number five. It as well. yeah. Yes, track number five, <laughs> chocolate. And obviously we finish with track number six, my summertime thing. Man, wow. that's a pretty decent album. I'm not that different. You ready for mine? Yeah. Pretty similar. Track one, Pandemonium. Track two, Jerk Out. Track three, Blondie. Track four, Donald Trump black version. <laughs> track, track, track five, chocolate. Track six, summertime thing. Wow, pretty close. Uh, here's mine. Mine's pretty similar to Captain's, actually. Track one, Pandemonium. Track two, Jerk Out. Yep. Track three, Donald Trump, Black Version. Oh. 
He went with the classic formula, third track ballad. Chocolate. <laughs> track five, It's Your World. Track six, My Summertime Thing. Ooh, That's a much world. better album. Interesting. Right Interesting. It's Your World. Oh, there you go. Come on, play. I'll play as, play as last. Let's go. I haven't resequenced it. I've just cut it down. Yeah, I just and... did it in order. Yeah, in order. I've got Pandemonium, Jerk Out, Blondie, Chocolate, Sometimes I Get Lonely, and My Summertime Thing. Oh, so you and me are exactly the same, except we swapped the ballad. Yeah, there you go. Wow. All of those versions take the cake, pardon the pun. They take, <laughs> all of those versions take the lemon cake. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be comparing apples to lemons. <laughs> Let's just say that, right? Apple cake to lemon cake. <laughs> hey. Wow. Okay, everyone, you've heard ours. Now get on Twitter, get on Facebook, even get on Instagram. Tell us your six-track yeah. pandemonium, pandemonium re-sequence version. Bring it on. Oh, this is craziness. Now you don't have to get the jerk out of here, but you got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That made absolutely no sense. Thank you, and bye-bye. The end. The end.